Tonight, in talking about Back to the Basics, my assignment is the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. So um, I want to answer the question somewhat, who is the Holy Spirit? And aren't you glad we don't have to guess? Because <laughs> if we just had to guess on who the Holy Spirit was, we strange people would come up with all kinds of crazy stuff, right? But we have this, the precious Word of God, where we can go and find out exactly who God says the Holy Spirit is. Amen? So obviously, in one teaching, I'm not going to tell you, teach you everything you need to know about the Holy Spirit. That's why you have to read this yourself, right? But um, I'm going to pretty much go to the Gospels and um, tell you who Jesus said he was. What did Jesus say about him? So Jesus, um, and this might not be everything Jesus said. Um, as I was sitting there, I kind of thought of another one. But um, I'm going to go over five things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Five, you'll see. Five things Jesus said who the Holy Spirit is. One, the Spirit of God. Two, the promise of the Father. Three, the Holy Spirit. Four, the helper or comforter, same word. And five, the Spirit of Truth. Okay, and we'll go through those um, where they're found as well. So let's start out with the Spirit of God. So Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 28... If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, I thought somebody would jump up on that. Come on, guys. Cast out demons by the Spirit of God. That's what we're talking about tonight, the one who allows us to cast out demons. I mean, that's pretty exciting, right? So that's what Jesus said. So the Spirit of God allows us to do the works of God. So that's a pretty exciting deal. Now, the Spirit of God is not a dove. Right? Even though he descended like a dove, the Bible says he's not a dove. He's not a fairy, no matter what you've read about him in um, religious fiction. Right? He's not even a distant relative of God. He is God. Okay? And you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from God, just like you can't separate who you're looking at right now. Like, you're seeing Nikki, but I have a spirit. It's the spirit of Nikki on the inside of me. So that's the spirit of God. Right? You can't separate the two. It's all God. Right? Um, the, the Spirit of God is mentioned in the first chapter of the Bible and the last chapter of the Bible. Amen. And is seen all the way through. Isn't that awesome? Yes. I think that's great. So you'll find it in Genesis 1, verse 2. You'll find the mention of the Spirit of God. And you'll find it in Revelations 22, 17. Yes. So all the way through, you're going to find the Spirit of God in the Bible. All right. Promise of the Father. Number two. Um, in... The promise of the Father, when you make a promise, right, you, it's, obviously you're saying something that will happen, right? Right. So God revealed that he gave a promise, right? It was the Father's promise that he would send the Holy Spirit. You can see this in um, Joel 2, 28 through 32. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In Isaiah 44, 3, he says, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. And in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, he says, I will put a new spirit within them. Now, what's great about this is God repeated this over and over again. Yeah. I, Joel was written about eight, 830 to 800 B.C. And then 100 years later, Isaiah wrote those same words in 700 to 690 B.C. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants. Yeah. And then Ezekiel said it 100 years after Isaiah in 593 B.C. So God just kept telling us, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, Behold, 
I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So it's getting closer and closer, right, by this time. And now we know he's come, right? So pretty exciting. Um, So the promise of the Father. That was the promise of the Father, all right? Let's talk about number three, the Holy Spirit. Um, The Holy Spirit, um, as spoken by Jesus, is recorded 12 times in the Gospels, which I think is cool when, well, I should say, in the New King James Version, 12 times. Jesus said Holy Spirit 12 times, and I'm not saying he said it 12 times, it's recorded 12 times, which is kind of cool because the the number 12 is completion in in Bible terms. So I think that's cool. Um, Jesus said, well, we see the Spirit coming on Jesus, right, in Luke 3, 22, when he was baptized, right, with John the Baptist. We see the Holy Spirit come upon him. He didn't do any ministry up until this time. There was no powerful works that he did mention until this moment. That's how we know the Holy Spirit comes with power, right? Um, also, we don't have any um, anything written that um, the devil really harassed him before this time, right? So... Sometimes, you know, the devil comes immediately to steal, right? right? He comes to steal the word. Well, the word was that the Holy Spirit was coming, right? So we can't ever, if you're seeking the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been filled yet or anything like that, or if you've been filled and just all hell broke loose, you're in good company, Jesus too, right? So don't be deterred by that. You know, when that happens, press on. He's a loser, you're a winner. Bottom line, okay? So... Um, so we see Jesus have the Holy Spirit come on him in Luke 3. Um, in fact, John the Baptist says in John 1, 33, um, he says, I did not know who the Messiah was going to be, he says, but he who sent me, meaning the Father, he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So he saw the Spirit descend on Jesus that day and reported it, right? Because that's what it's all about. So um, I do want to mention that the Holy Spirit, like the exact words Holy Spirit, are also mentioned in the Old Testament. And I just want to mention this briefly because it's so good. David mentioned in Psalm 51:11, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So David knew what it was like to have the Holy Spirit, and he did not ever want to let it go. It made such a huge difference in his life, he never wanted to lose it, you know? So he prayed that prayer. You know, he had also seen King Saul lose somewhat, you know, of that anointing, you know, on his life. And so he didn't ever want that to happen to him. His, his heart was so soft toward God that he knew the value of the Holy Spirit. So that's why he said that. Um, in Isaiah... In Isaiah 63, 10, and verse 11, the exact words Holy Spirit appear twice, and it's in reference to God's presence among the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt. So the Holy Spirit is like, is God's presence with you, right? Jesus, when he left, he said, I'm not leaving you orphans, right? He said, I'm coming again, but I'm going to give you another helper, right? So it's like the Holy Spirit can also be God's presence with us. Sometimes when I'm talking with teenagers and kids, I remind them, if they're going through tough times, I was like, can you pray in tongues? They say, yeah. I was like, okay, do it right now. So they'll do it, and I'll say, so can you do that on your own? Uh, And then, you know, look at me crazy. Uh, No. And I'm like, right, so that's proof that God is with you, right? Right. Because the evidence, you know, if you can 
pray in tongues, you can't do that. People can't just do that, right? You can't do that unless God is in you, right? And so it's encouraging to know that God is with you, right? So his presence is with you. Anytime you start praying in tongues, it's proof that God is with you. So it's just comforting. I think it's comforting. Um, all right. So in when, when um, Isaiah is referring to God's presence among the Israelites, you know, you can't help but cross-reference that with Exodus 33, which I know this church knows well. Exodus 33:14, God tells Moses, my presence will go with you, Amen. right? My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. He will give you rest. So when you have the presence or the Holy Spirit with you, it's supposed to give you rest. Like when I was saying that when you pray in tongues, you, it's a, you should have a realization that God is with you. That should be comforting. That should give you rest. That word, give rest, in that verse means to rest, settle down, settle down, be soothed or quieted, right, or to be secure. When we, when we realize that God is with us, shouldn't it do all those things? It should settle you, soothe you. Then the Bible says, if God is for me, who can be against me, right? So you, when, you, when you get in the presence of God or when you start to pray in the Spirit, that revelation should come to you. Or you need to remind yourself that that's the truth, that God is with me. If God is for me, if he's with me, what can man do to me? Right? He's my God. He's God. He's God. These are all just men. He's God. Right? So it should soothe you. It should give you rest. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Number four, helper or comforter. I like this one because when I think about the Holy Spirit and um, the gifts of the Spirit that the Bible talks about, or the prayer language that the Bible talks about. That's the whole point of the gifts of the Spirit and your prayer language is to help you, to comfort you, right? Because if there's like a a word of knowledge that goes forth, like a gift of the Spirit that's a word of knowledge, is to let someone know that God knows your situation. So that's to help you, right? If a word of knowledge goes forth that somebody's being healed of such and such, that's to help you, right? And to help really all of us because we're all going to get excited, right? Or we should, we shouldn't let those things pass us by and be like, oh, yeah, pastor always has a word. Are you kidding? That's the things the church is supposed to get excited about, is that God is real and he's working in somebody's life, right? So we can't, we can't let um, church become routine. We can't let the Holy Spirit become routine, right? Because if, you, if you've um, just, what's the word? Relegated? Is that the right word? Relegated the Holy Spirit to just your prayer language? Oh my gosh, we're so missing out, right? We can't just like sit on the front, sit in your seat and pray in tongues and think this is no big deal. Thousands of years passed and they didn't get to do what we're doing. So we can't just take it for granted. You know, the spirit of God is in you. That wasn't, that wasn't everybody. That's us. We're the chosen ones. Yeah. So we can, we can't just let that become traditional or routine or, we have to be wowed, yeah. like, wow, wow, that the Spirit of God yeah. is in me. Yeah. So we, we, we have to receive him like that all the time. Yeah. Don't, don't ever let it become routine. He's helping. He's comforting every time. So um, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper. You can write these down in John 14, 26, John 15, 26, and John 16, 7. So, let's turn to these. John 14, 26. 
Because Jesus didn't just say, he's your helper. He then went on to define what did that mean, right? Aren't you so thankful he did that? So you don't have to guess what does that mean, right? All right, so John 14, 26. Jesus speaking, Jesus speaking. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. So, how's the Holy Spirit going to help? One, he's going to, he's going to, let me see. <clears throat> he will teach you all things, right? How many things? All. all things. Is there anything that you can't understand? No, right? He will teach you all things. So when we're saying, I don't understand that, whoa, stop yourself and say, okay, I don't understand that. So I need to go to the Holy Spirit. Because he will teach you all things if you want to understand that, yeah. right? Go to the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Ask him to help you understand, right? Sometimes we just don't do our part, right? But he wants to teach us all things. That's his job. I think he takes his job seriously. He really, really does. So he wants to teach you all things, anything you have need of. He says next, he will bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Praise God. Because... What Jesus said is truth, right? So it trumps anything anyone else says. It trumps your circumstances, right? So all you need is the word, the word of God. And the Holy Spirit will help you remember anything Jesus said. And Jesus was the word. So the Holy Spirit will help you remember anything the word says. Anything the word says. So, for example, if you're in the face of, like, layoffs or cutbacks at work, Instead of just sitting around with everyone else, moping and crying and complaining because of fear, right? Instead, let's rise up as believers and, you know, pray in the Holy Spirit until you have a verse, right? Until the word comes to you, the word, and then you're supposed to declare it out your mouth, right? Because the Holy Spirit's trying to help you, right? So in the face of layoffs or cutbacks, I wrote in my notes, I would say, if it were me and I were praying about this, I would say, my God always causes me to triumph. That's a verse in the Bible. I would say, the Bible says that we've never seen the righteous begging bread. The righteous forsaken or begging bread. So I am not going to be forsaken, and I will not be begging bread. Right? And then, he, and then I say, I put in my notes, he will turn this for my good. Isn't that what the Bible says? If I love him. Right? If I believe him and I love him, he will turn this for my good. Those are all things we can say, and the Holy Spirit will bring those verses to your remembrance. And you know what? I even wrote in my notes, watch and see. Because Moses said that, and it's in the Bible. Watch and see what God will do for me. You know? And so it's to help you get out of... No, you, we, we should not be in funks. We should not be in funks. We have the God of the universe on our side and in our corner. Right? So we just need to find out what he has to say about it and let the Holy Spirit help us. Right? So he will bring to remembrance all things that I've spoken. And then the very last thing he says is, peace I leave with you. Well... Doesn't that bring you peace? When he tells you things like the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. When you get a revelation that this word is true, that he will remind you of what he said, that he will teach you all things, that should bring you peace. Okay, I'm going to know exactly what I need to know when I need to know it. Thank God. Thank God. That should bring me peace. And so that peace, oh, I forgot to tell you something. Remember when I was talking about the presence of God? That word that is that the presence of God will give you rest, that's the same root word as the word Noah. 
right? And Noah means rest giver, comforter, right? So remember what Noah went through? It was kind of crazy, kind of crazy. But was Noah saved? Yes, Noah and his family were saved, right? So that should be rest to you that you will be saved, right? It should bring you rest. He's trying, the Holy Spirit is trying to, his presence with you should comfort you and give you rest so that he, so my peace I leave with you. So Jesus, when he left here, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So he would be, the other word for my peace I leave with you is I bequeath you. Sounds like a will, right? I'm going to leave you my peace. Tanya, when I go, I'm going to leave you my peace. Right? And that's what Jesus was saying. I'm going to leave you my peace, the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you rest. He's going to give you comfort. That's where I got it. I'm going to leave it for you. He's so good. He's so good. All right. Um, All right. Let's talk about the spirit of truth next. You know what? One other thing before I go on. When I'm talking about peace and comfort and help and reminding you of what the word says, the Bible also says God is not the author of confusion. So when you find yourself confused, you should get mad that the devil's even speaking to you. He does have no right to speak to you. Right? He's not your God. He's not your friend. Get away from me. I am not going to be confused. My father is not the author of confusion. I am going to get the wisdom and knowledge I need. Right? Because once you get... I remember that, that kid's show on TV that said, knowledge is power. You remember that? You remember that? Um, some of you know. But um, when I was a kid, we would turn on the TV, and there was this, I don't know, this guy, and he, it was knowledge is power, and then it was like some kid's educational show. I thought it was great. But, you know, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, when he gives you knowledge, he gives you power. Because now all of a sudden you understand you don't have to put up with that. That's not your lot in life. Right? And so that's power. In fact, Isaiah 11 when it's talking about the Spirit of God, it says the Spirit will rest upon him. Who is this Holy Spirit? The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. But might was mixed in with all of those wisdom, understanding, knowledge words. Did you catch that? So when we know what we believe, that's power to us as believers. Okay? All right. Moving on to Spirit of Truth. Um, another name... <clears throat> For the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth, Jesus said it in, I believe, John 14, 17, and John 15, 26. So in John 14, 17, let's look at that. Let's start in 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So the Spirit of Truth is now another word for helper, right? And he's going to come from the Father. So you can trust it, right? He's going to be the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But he, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's look at John 15, 26. Let's look at that too. But when the helper comes, who I sh- who, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So I, th- I thought it was interesting when I read that, that Jesus had to tell us twice in one verse that he's coming from the Father. You know, I think he was looking ahead to the day when people would say, oh, that's of the devil. No, he's not of the devil. He's not of the devil. He's from the Father. It was the promise of the Father. He Amen. said it for year, hundreds of years in the Old Testament. And when it came to pass, he needed us to understand he was coming from the Father. Right? Coming from the Father. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. 
Now he says in 14, we'll go back, he says that he will testify of me. <clears throat> the spirit of truth. He will testify of me. He, who's me? Jesus. He's going to testify of Jesus. He's going to testify of the Son, the Messiah, the Word, right? All of those things. He's going to testify. What does testify mean? Witness means witness as with evidence. I love that, right? Because how can you be a true witness if you don't have any evidence, right? Or if you don't know it for yourself, right? So it's about bearing witness, giving witness with evidence. It even means to the extreme of willing to die for that testimony, because you so believe that's the truth, no one can convince you otherwise. So I guess if you don't believe me, I'll die for it. Because I'm not, I'm so convinced. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you I don't believe it. Right? It's the same word where we get the word martyr. That word testify. And then he goes on and, and he talks about, um, you also will give evidence. I love that too. You also will give evidence. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, don't we have some kind of evidence? I mean... David said he didn't want to go without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he made a, such a big difference in his life. So if we're not experiencing a big difference in our life, maybe we're not um, taking advantage of this gift, which is another term that Jesus used for the Holy Spirit that I did not put in my notes. But he's a gift from God. And so it's for a reason. All right? He said he would guide you into all truth. So do you need any answers? Anybody in here need an answer? Yeah, right? Well, the Holy Spirit's got your answer. So spend some time praying in the Holy Spirit. Spend some time. I know there's been times where I didn't even know I had questions, but I was praying in the Holy Spirit, and then he spoke to me. Not like in an audible voice, but like, like, a, like from my spirit up came a phrase, up came a sentence, up came a question that God asked me, you know? And so he, he, he will do that for you. He will guide you into all truth. If you need answers, he's got the answers. Guide means he's going to show you the way. You know, the Holy Spirit, he knows all things. 1 John 2.20 says, um, you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. You know all things. And we're told that we can know all things in the verses I've already told you, right? In Daniel, I have to say this right now because it's so exciting because we're talking about supernatural increase, right? In Daniel chapter 12, in um, verse 4, the angel is talking to Daniel, and he says, he's talking to him about the end, the end times, and he says, knowledge will increase. Well, we're hearing this word increase from our apostle of the house. God wants to do supernatural increase. And in, da in Daniel 12, 4, he says, in the end times, knowledge will increase. So we're going to know, and then I heard Kenneth Copeland talking about 2020 also, and he's, ta he's um, talking about how 2020 is going to be a year of great change and manifested power. But when you go back and you listen to him talk about that, he's ta he talks about how we're going to increase in our understanding of spiritual laws. So here we go. We're going to increase in knowledge. If we increase in knowledge, we're going to increase in might. We're going to increase in power. It's so exciting. So supernatural increase is coming, but some of that is going to be, not. it's in knowledge. It's in knowledge. He's got, the Holy Spirit is here to guide us into all truth. Spirit of truth, right? Jesus said, your word is truth. So we're going to get more and more. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal this to us. So we can't just be playing our praise and worship music and... Um, Praying in the Spirit, all good things. But we have to know this. 
for you to remember something, you had to once know it, yeah. right? So we have to get in this. If, if you have not read your Bible from cover to cover, make that your new priority. And then every time you sit down to read it, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you yes. about it. Don't just like read through it so you can check it off your list. Oh, got through three chapters today. <laughs> well, what did you learn? Um, you know what I mean? Have you ever done that? I've done that. Yeah. I want to sit down and have the Holy Spirit speak to me about my life through this word. Amen. How does this apply to me, Holy Spirit? Amen. And he will. He will tell you. That's the spirit of truth. He's not going to just talk to you about doctrine. He, it's not so that you can like say, you know, what the church believes. No, he's here to help your life. He's the helper. He's going to guide you into all truth. Why? Because he wants to help you. He's your comforter. He's going to bring you comfort and help. That's what he wants to do. So it says he will speak. Oh, we need to turn there. Let me look. <laughs> Where am I? Um, let me go back. How about John... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jesus said he will speak, the Holy Spirit will speak what he hears. So he's going to hear from the throne for you and bring you words directly from heaven. Directly from heaven. He's going to speak. He will tell you things to come, the Bible says. He will tell you things to come. So he's helping you and comforting you. He may tell you something bad is coming, but that's for your comfort so you can be prepared. You can make preparations, right, on things like that. I mean, Jesus told us what the end days were going to come, were going to be like, and it wasn't all good news, right? But it was for our benefit. It was to prepare us and to let us know when the end was coming. So he will speak what he hears, he will tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, the Bible says. Glorify Jesus. He will take of mine and announce it to you or show it to you. So when I was looking through all these things that the Spirit of Truth will do, I noticed it said, testify of me, guide you into all truth, speak what he hears, tell you things to come, show it to you or announce it to you. That's a whole lot of talking. Anybody notice that? Testify, that's talking right? Speak, that's talking. Tell, that's talking. Announce, that's talking. The Holy Spirit's always talking. He's always talking. He wants to talk to you. He does. He's not holding anything back from you. Like if you beg, I'll let you know, right? No, he's not like that. God isn't like that. So he wants to speak to you. That's his, that's his, one of his duties on the earth is to tell us these things. So we, we, the reason I bring that up is we need to have faith for that. It's to build our faith so that we can have faith that I will hear. I will hear what I need to hear. Now, my knowledge will increase, right? So I also like that it's called the spirit of truth. You know how the Bible says that when you're praying in tongues, that the Holy Spirit helps you so that you'll pray the perfect will of God? Well, the perfect will of God is the word, and the word is truth. So the spirit of truth, that's why he's helping you pray so that you'll pray the perfect will of God, which is truth. That's why he's called the spirit of truth. He's never going to re- lead you in error. He's never going to let you um, believe a lie, although he'll let you believe a lie if you choose to believe it, right? We've got to know. The Bible says in the end days, I mean, if you look 
Matthew 24, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 3, Revelation 16, Thessalonians, all talks about how the end days there's going to be doctrines of demons, deceiving spirits, seducing spirits. So why is our knowledge going to increase? So we can identify, right? The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because there's going to be a whole lot of error. And you know, error just means a little bit wrong. Because the, the devil's going to appear as an angel of light. He's going to make it sound religious. He's going to make it sound Bible. But if you don't know what this Bible says, now the Holy Spirit's going to quicken you to say, something doesn't sound right about that. But if that's what you want to believe, then you'll believe it regardless of the quickening. So you, we have to be aware of him at all times because he's here to help us. He's here to help us. All right. Um, John the Baptist. So those are all great things about the Holy Spirit. Can we agree? Great. Great things about the Holy Spirit, right? All right. So now I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's all the good tidbits, right? Um, I like that John the Baptist said that Jesus was going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 3.11. In Acts 1, 4, and 5, Jesus himself said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. And in Luke 24, 49, we know he said, when I send the, the promise of my Father upon you, you will be endued with power from on high. Whoa, those are all great. Did you write all that down? So exciting, right? Baptize you with Holy Spirit. How many of you would like Holy Spirit and fire? How many of you would like to walk in that every day? Put my hand up higher. Yeah. That word baptized, when Jesus said you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that word baptized means immersed, submerged, completely covered, covered wholly, overwhelmed. I love it. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses. Why? Because you'll see and hear the great works that God's done because you're doing them and seeing them all around you. Endued with power from on high. Endued, that word endued means to sink into as a garment. So to be clothed. Clothed in power. Oh my goodness. I want that, Lord Jesus. I want that. That word power means dunamis. Clothed, clothed in dunamis. That word dunamis means force. Miracle working power. So you may ask, how could Peter walk down the street and people in his shadow get healed? That right there. That right there. That right there. And Jesus said that would happen for us. But where's our faith? Are you still thinking there's something else you need? Because we got it. We got him. He's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You are been endued with power. But we're not walking around like we have any. So it takes faith. we got to have faith in what Jesus said. That's why it's so important to read this Bible so we can find out that, oh, it's not just about a prayer language. It's not so just we can just come in here and act holy and spiritual. It's so that we can go out with power. Our faith in the power of the God that's in us that will come upon us. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, King, it wasn't King Saul yet, but Saul was being anointed king before he was anointed king. And what was told him is that the whole, the spirit of God is going to come upon you and you will be turned into another man. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It turns you into another man. I mean, 
That's what happens. I can testify in my own life. I, it says, you shall be a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. When I was in high school, I could not talk in front of anyone. Anyone. I, I would turn red. My throat would close up. I would do good as fast as I could, and then I would run back and sit in my seat, put my head down, and cry. It was such a relief. I was done. I mean, seriously, ball. Like, at my seat, head down. Because I just could not, I just couldn't do it. And now look at me. I guess when you have something you really want to talk about, you'll talk about it. Hello? If you have something you really want to talk about, you'll talk about. Right? With power, with authority, because you so believe. Because the Holy Spirit's real to you. Right? He overwhelms you. You can't but talk about him. Isn't that what happened to the disciples? In Acts chapter 2, what's the first thing that happened when the Holy Spirit came on them? What? They started talking. They started talking in tongues, but what were they doing? Talking. It affected their mouth first thing. It affected what they were talking. And then in Acts chapter 2, let's look at that. Acts chapter 2. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Okay, in Acts chapter 2, it says... In verse 6, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were speaking, right? They were taught. When the Holy Spirit came, people started talking. They started talking. Look at verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues. What? The wonderful works of God. Even though they were speaking in a language they may not have even understood, they were heard speaking about the. So, what was. When the Holy Spirit came, what did the Holy Spirit have to say? Wonderful works of God. Why are we wasting our time talking about anything other than that? If that's where the power is, why aren't we talking about the wonderful works of God? The first thing the Holy Spirit revealed about him coming was that we needed to be talking. We needed to be talking. And so they kept on talking. They just kept on talking. Immediately after this, what does Peter do? When everyone's like, oh, they're drunk. What does Peter do? Gets up and starts talking. You might call it preaching, but he was talking. He started telling them what this was. Right? He started talking about Joel. What, this was the promise. This was the Holy Spirit. This was amazing. He started talking, right? He was talking. And then, he, I mean, people start getting saved from what? Talking. Talking. They were talking and people were getting saved. It was amazing. So you go back, you go to help through the record, and you keep looking, and they can't stop talking. He just keeps preaching. He tells them to repent. They do, right? It says that they now they start meeting in each other's houses. What do you do when you go to someone's house? You talk. You talk. They were talking. They were talking together about what? The wonderful works of God. Why aren't, Dolores, why are you not, you and I not meeting and talking about, I can pray in tongues, you can pray in tongues, we can pray in tongues. Why aren't we talking about this? This is amazing. It's amazing. So they started meeting and talking, continuing steadfastly in doctrine and fellowship. They were talking in prayers, talking, right? And then it says they continued daily with one accord, breaking bread from house to house, eating their food together, praising God, talking, praising God, having favor with all the people. Don't tell me if you talk about God, nobody will like you. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. Chapter 2, verse 47, put your faith on that. 
to want to hear you talk. They're going to want to hear you talk about God. Why? Because God's working with you. It's not just you on your own. It's not just you on your own. It's synergy. It's synergy. So have faith in God, right? So now we get to Acts chapter 3, and Peter and John are walking together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Now, if Vic and I were outside and we were walking into the church together, let's say the church was a mile away, would we just walk in silence, Vic? No. No, there's no way. You're walking with a friend on your way to church. You're not doing it silently. What were they doing? Talking. They were talking. What do you think they were talking about? Oh, my gosh. They just got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they didn't. Can you believe this? Peter, Peter, what what is this thing? This is amazing. John's like, Peter, I don't even think we know what all this means. I don't even think we know what all this means, Peter. Do you remember? Do you remember when that lady, she got healed by touching Jesus' garment? That's what they were talking about. What would you be talking about? Jesus, the Holy Spirit just came upon you with power. And you're telling me you're not remembering. The Bible says he'll remind us of all things he said. Remember when Jesus said, Peter, Remember what he said? John. John, talking to Peter, he says, man, remember that late virtue just flowed out of him? And Peter says, yeah, John, but remember what Jesus said. Greater works would we do. They were walking to church, talking about this kind of stuff. And what happened? They're walking, talking, talking about how crazy this is, how wonderfully awesome this is, and the man at the gate. you telling me you wouldn't be ready? If you're talking, maybe we're not ready when we come in contact with these people because we're not talking. We're not talking about what we have. We're not talking about what's ours. We need to be talking. Be talking. So they get to the guy at the gate. Let's look at that. I love this. He says, they get to this guy, this guy, lame from his mother's womb, carried daily to the gate of the temple. And he was asking alms, who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him with John. I love that. Because you know what that means. It doesn't just mean Peter just looked at him. It means he went like this. Like, John. Fixing his eyes with John. Don't you think that's kind of what that means? I don't know. I know it's just speculation on my part, but he looked at, I mean, looked with John at this guy. Why? Because they were... They knew what Jesus had been saying. They knew who they were. They knew this Holy Spirit was real. And they knew it was time to be amazing. So they turned. Peter turns and he says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, what do you have? The Holy Spirit. Right? You have power. You've been endued from on high. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's amazing. They were talking. So then what happens next? The layman, according to the song in Children's Church, gets up, leaping, jumping, and he started talking. Because when you're healed, how can you not start talking about it? So now this guy is talking, right? So now this guy is talking. So he goes up, and now people are seeing the guy, and they're talking. Isn't this the guy who was laid at the... Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking. So they just keep talking. And it's amazing to me... As soon as you turn, after this miracle, in Acts chapter 4, what happens? The devil gets so nervous that he has to get them to stop talking. Right? Right? They're called in to the courts, the religious courts, and what do they tell them? Don't you speak another time in this name. 
Now, why would the devil do that? There's power in talking. He's being defeated in in their talking. He can't stop. They're witnessing. They're testifying that this God is real. He's your help. He'll do wonderful works on your behalf. This is what we were promised for hundreds of years. And the devil can't take it. He's like, I've got to get them to stop talking. He's trying to get you to stop talking. Every time he comes against you to try to steal your money or hurt your kid, what? And so you'll stop talking about God. You'll doubt God and you'll stop talking about him. Because if he can get you to start talking about the situation or what he's doing, then nobody else starts hearing about God. Nobody else gets, you're not ready for the lame man at the gate. Right? It's about what we're talking about. So we have to be speaking truth. We need the spirit of truth always active in our life. We need to recognize it's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God in us. So what do they do? They get, don't talk about this anymore. What do they do? They say, I'm going to talk no matter what you say. I'm going to talk no matter what you do. This is a good God. My God is a good God. He's bigger than you, better than you. And he, you know, he's going to work on my behalf. And they go back to their companions. They threaten them. Because that's what the devil does. Threaten you. They threaten him. They go back to their companions. And what do they do? They pray for boldness to speak this name. And what do they say? Stretch out your hand to heal. You know, when God heals somebody, it gives you boldness to speak. Because it's proof. How can you not but speak what just happened? And God is so willing to stretch out his mighty arm on our behalf. That word mighty arm is all through the Bible. Even even Jesus said the Father does the works. That gives you rest, right? Yeah, the Holy Spirit's not asking you to do something. He's asking you to believe and speak the word. And the Father will do the works. That's what Jesus went about doing. He went about preaching. He was telling everyone about the Father, about the kingdom. And then he was healing. How? By the Father, by the Holy Spirit, by the power. Right? It was the power that did the works. So we need to be talking. Did I get that point across? I think we need to be talking. What time am I supposed to be done? I don't even know. So I just want to go over. The Bible says that you will also be witnesses. So I just want to tell you a few of my witnesses. Is that okay? Eric has always said in our lives, not always, the majority of our married business life, that the Holy Spirit is the CEO of our business, the chief executive officer. Why? Because he knows everything, right? So we're going to, he, he's like on the board, right? So we trust him to tell us things. So let me give you an example. One day, Eric was just praying in spirit, you know, during his morning prayer time, and he was impressed to go see a certain client, but he wasn't going that direction that day. He was going an hour in the other direction. But the Holy Spirit, he just kind of felt like he needed to go see that guy. So he's like, oh, I'll go see him. I don't know. You know, sometimes you got to trust. It's not like it's an audible voice or it's not like he's going to hold you to it. It's up to you to listen. And sometimes it's just an impression. You know, it's not here. It's here. So don't be moved by, you know, probably thoughts that come from here. But if it comes from here, do your best to listen. So Eric went by to see that, um, that guy, that account, and... And a a competitor had just been in there and riled them up. So he came in and was able to talk to them, minister peace about, you know, what he does, about, you know, the account with us. They stayed with us, and it's been tens of thousands of dollars to us. 
after that. All because he took some time that morning to spend time with his helper. And he heard from him. See, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to help you. And it's not just about being in church. He wants to help your life. So he wants to help your marriage. He wants to help your kids. He wants to help your business. He wants to help you. He wants to help your health. All of those things. He, he's willing to help you on any of that. Any of that. Um, I remember one time my mom telling me this story. There's four girls in my family. So the first three of us, you know, she had potty trained, and it was so, like, I guess pretty easy. I don't know if it was easy, but it went how it was supposed to, right? Well, my fourth sister um, just refused to be potty trained. She just didn't care. So, like, nothing was working. Nothing was working, and my mom was super frustrated. So she went, she went to the Holy Spirit and just said, you know, I don't know what to do about this. So one day she was in the grocery store just getting groceries because the Holy Spirit's always with you. <laughs> She was just getting groceries, and she was walking down the grocery aisle, and she saw some candy, like small, you know, bags of small candy. And the Holy Spirit just told her, buy small candy and give it to her when she pees in the potty, right? And so she, oh, I'll try it, you know. So she did, and it worked. You know what I mean? And sometimes you think if you've done it a hundred times this way and it always works, it should work this time. So it's like your mind has tunnel vision on what will work. And so you need an idea outside of your ordinary and your extraordinary helper will help you with that right so he's willing to help you with parenting isn't that great news parents grandparents he'll give you ideas to help your kids your teenagers whatever the case may be um i don't there was one time my mom and dad have so many stories about this because they need they we were poor so we needed a lot of help right so if we lost something we couldn't replace it so we need help finding it one time my mom, this was, you know, back in the day, I was little, my mom lost her contact in the woods, you know, and at the time, the contacts were like $100 a piece, and we didn't have that, you know, we didn't have $2, much less $100, so she's in the woods, leaves, grass, twigs, they prayed, and found the contact, in the woods, there's nothing too small for God, he knows all of it, one day my dad, one day my dad was, um, I, I think he was in morning prayer, and the Holy Spirit said, um, where's your chainsaw chain? Is that what you call it or is it a belt? Belt? Where's your chainsaw chain or whatever? Where's your chainsaw chain? And he's like, uh, hanging in the garage where I always put it. And then he's like, is it hanging in the garage where I always put it? And he went out there and it wasn't there. And so he remembered that he, he had last had it in the woods. So he went out to the woods to look for it and found it. And we didn't have money to replace that. And we were, that's how we heated our home was wood from the chainsaw, you know? So the Holy Spirit will help you in so many ways, countless. Don't limit him. It's limitless how he can help us because he will tell you things. He will show you things to come. He will show you the truth of where things are, what things will work, how things function. I know our maintenance guy, he would he would get into a situation with one of the tractors and he would just be like, Lord, I don't know how to fix this. Show me how to fix this. And he would, he would show him how to fix it. I mean, God's amazing. There's nothing he doesn't know. There's nothing he doesn't know. And there's nothing he's not willing to help you with. So we just can't limit him. And then we have to be testifying of what, of how good he is. Remember what, um, I know Eric said it and um, Ken Ledford also said it. Is that when you testify of God's greatness, then you're saying, he can do it again. Yeah. 
If he did it once, he'll do it again. If he did it for so-and-so, he'll do it for me. In fact, that's why we have all these stories. Because if he'll do it for one, he'll do it for you. There's nothing you can't claim in this word for yourself. Nothing. There's nothing. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's good. I've seen him in my life. He talks to me all the time. Tells me things. He helped me parent. I could tell you so many stories about parenting. Because, hello, I used to tell my son, first time you, first time me. I don't know how to do this. I'm just... Believe, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? By first time you, first time me. The first time you have a kid, you're, now you're a parent. I've never done this before. So I, where do I go to get knowledge? God. Because he knows how to do this. Right? So I would tell him. And then when he, you know, didn't like what I had to say, I said, you know, son, Drew, I'd say, I answer to God for you. And I take that really seriously. So if I don't let you do something that I should have, that may be the error on me, but I'm concerned with my report before God. And I take that seriously. You know, and when I could talk to him like that, he respected it. He knew I wasn't just being big bad mom, or I wasn't operating in fear, or please don't operate in fear. That's the devil. God doesn't operate like that, right? Get the word and tell your children why you do what you do. You know, why, why is that decision being made? You know, I don't have peace about that. I'm sorry, son, I don't have peace about that, so I have to say no at this time. If God changes it, if he speaks to me, I'm listening, and I'll let you know. But speak to your kids. Tell them things like that. Tell them why you won't let them do such and such. Well, this is what the Word says about that. You know, the Bible has a whole lot to say about how we live. So, you know what? When they come to you complaining about you, turn it on God. He's, he's got big shoulders. <laughs> he can take it. He can take it. And you know what? They'll respect it when, when you can say, well, the word says. Because they don't want to hear your opinion sometimes when they get older. They don't want your opinion. But when you can say, well, the word says. This is what I see in the word. This is why I believe what I believe. This is why we do this. Then they respect that. So God is, will, is so willing to help in every way. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind you of what this word says. To help you. Amen. I want to make sure I said everything God wants me to say. <clears throat> I think that's it. Did you receive something tonight?